if anyone else comes in, just make sure that you get them at the door, wrap them in a ton of cling wrap, and then I'll squirt them with hand sanitizer. Okay? Hosing down. Oh, hold on. And greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. What a what a week! We survive, cling wrap and all, if you come in that front door. I'm kidding. We have the spirit of Yahuwah in us, and that is hope and a sound mind, not to be fearful. What a blessed time to live. This is when your faith should work in action, as everybody's paranoid, afraid, and running around scared to bits. You stand strong, be bold as a lion, because we have the spirit of Yahuwah in us. This is the time to let your light shine in this crazy, sick, and twisted world. And I've got to tell you, I'm having a blast out there. I really am. I feel alive and alert, and I am so blessed that we are going through the book of Revelation because it helps me stay strong, stay focused, and realize that the blessed Savior is alive and with us, with us all. So you guys out there in the chat, be blessed, be blessed, enjoy the chat, keep it kadosh, keep it holy, and remember, give us some thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, it really does make a difference. And no, we are not cancelling the Passover. Yahweh never cancelled the Passover, and his people will stand strong, even if the Romans try to put a restriction on the saints, the saints would take the yoke of bondage and shrug it off. Because we are a people of a different kingdom, of a different government, and we know who rules and truly reigns. So be strong, be courageous. The Passover, April 2nd to April 5th. Fly. Go through airports. Who cares? You're supposed to be the witnesses to all the scaredy cats out there. This is the time to let your light shine and just bring some sanitizer with you and squirt it at everybody just to have a bit of fun. That's what I do. You can just get one of those cans and just walk around and just... Because they're all afraid. <coughs> ah, oh my goodness, he coughed. Yes, he coughed. I mean, what a crazy world, huh? Let's dig into the word today. In fact, let me give you an update before we get started here from our sister, our sister who was trapped on, of course, the Grand Princess cruise line. I have been in contact with our dear Malky Zedek sister, and I've got a few little updates for you. So she was on the Grand Princess with her husband all week, I think in an inside room with um, no window. Can you imagine? That would have been tough, wouldn't it? You know, if you're going to go on a cruise, you've got to try and get the outside with the balcony. And there's some great deals right now, like I say. I've got a lot of... Uh, I might have to stand up. Huh? Is that... What is that? 
There we go. Audio still there? Thought I lost it for a second. Okay, back to you. Sorry about that. I'll stand up because I think maybe I've got some interference. So, um, yes, when you're on the cruise ship, get the outside balcony so at least, you know, you're not restricted. But anyway, update from the sister, from the Grand Princess Cruise Line. Um, where did she go? Oh, she went to an Air Force base. How about that? A restricted Air Force base. I think first off it was going to be Georgia, and then it ended up being another Air Force base in California. And, of course, the latest from the um, Department of Health and Human Services. Let me give you this, because I think I did say a few weeks ago how the FEMA... Um, was going to be involved in this whole thing. Listen to this. This is a statement from the Department of Health and Human Services. HHS is taking precautions to protect the health of all Americans. Of course they are, right? From the coronavirus or COVID-19. To that end, HHS and FEMA have agreed to use a federal facilities, the FEMA Center for Domestic Preparedness. So, I mean, I told you this was going to happen a month ago, and a lot of people were like, oh, you're fear-mongering, and now there you have it. Our dear sister has gone off to a FEMA camp, cloaked as, of course, an Air, Air Force base, but you know what? She is strong, she is courageous, and she is standing in the midst of the trial, prepared for this her whole life. So again, just shows you, even in a situation where a lot of people are fearful, if you are of the faith, it's time to let your light shine, because there are a lot of people of no faith that can actually then have an ear to hear the blessed gospel message. And if there's one sheep out there, then we go looking for it. And now's our opportunity to do that. When people wouldn't have listened, now they're ready to hear about faith, strength, and why you're not afraid in a time of turmoil. So today, let's get into Revelation chapter 6, and we are in part E. Part E. How many parts can I make Revelation chapter 6? Well, I do believe this is going to be our final part, and then next week, Yahweh willing, we'll move on to chapter chapter 7. How's the audio? Everything okay? Must have been something dodgy with the chair, so we won't do that until I need to sit down or plop down. We're going to look a little bit. I've given various interpretations to chapter 6 going to give you a little bit more of a contemporary interpretation, if I may, today. So, let's look. Um, the first seal, of course, we had the white horse, and then we had, of course, the red, the red horse, excuse me here, audio, something's going on. All right. Bear with me, everybody. I'll get through this if you'll get through it with me. We have the white horse. We had the red horse. Well, of course, then we have the black and the green. 
But there's more to the seals than just the horsemen. Of course, we are going to get into that fifth seal, the cry of the martyrs. And then we're going to get into the cosmic disturbances. And then we get the seventh seal. The seventh seal actually then opens up the trumpet judgments. So this is what we're looking at today. I'm going to give you a little bit more of a contemporary interpretation. And we'll start off, because I believe I've spent enough time on the first seal, wouldn't you say? And the second seal. We'll dump in, jump into the third seal here in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third creature say, Go and see. And I looked, and a black horse, and he that sat on it had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four creatures say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, I believe... Turn with me to Hosea, Hosea chapter 3. Because for us to really comprehend the third seal is actually to comprehend Hosea. Because if you look in Hosea chapter 3, and then you look a little bit later in Hosea chapter 12, what you're going to find is you're going to see the whole theme is a merchant, a trafficker, if you will. Now, we're supposed to be traffickers of the good news, merchants of the good news. We know from Ezekiel chapter 28 that the counterfeit is, of course, the king of Tyre, a metaphor for Satan, who's a trafficker in a different kind of merchandise. So it's the two opposites here. Again, what we're seeing between, of course, Mashiach and anti-Mashiach. But here in Hosea, we're going to see a merchant or a trafficker is offering something, and that something that he's offering is paying for marriage. Hosea chapter 3. And this transaction that he's trafficking, which is paying for marriage, it seems like it is way too high a price to pay. Now bear with me, I'm going to make the, the connections here with the Revelation chapter 6 and the first seal, and then we're going to now connect it with the following seals of these four horsemen. Hosea chapter 3, we're going to see a merchant, a trafficker, offering something. That something that the trafficker is offering is marriage. But it is, it seems, way too high a price to pay. It just doesn't seem just to the ways of man. Well, that's just too much to pay for marriage, surely. This unjust merchant, it seems, in Hosea chapter 3, must then have what? Deceitful scales. Deceitful scales. Now, with, with, with the black horse. And having these deceitful scales, later in the prophecy of Hosea, in chapter 12, verse 7, he seems to be charging way too much for this marriage. And men of no faith 
No comprehension will say this is an unjust trafficker and the price of this marriage is too much for me to pay. But those of faith understand the prophecy that this is in fact a just trafficker and that he himself had to pay the highest price of all. And therefore, those that want to come into the marriage must also have to pay a very high personal price too, which seems unjust to the world, the ways of man. Who's following with me so far, or am I just following myself? I'm not. I'm following, of course, the prophecies of the prophets, the word of Yahuwah, because I follow the Savior, the blessed Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. The cost is just seemed too much for the unbeliever. They will not be a part of this marriage transaction. But the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, did he not have to pay the highest price of all? And therefore, the lamb requires that his bride count the cost as well in their life. It is not going to be something that is going to come easy. You must count the cost. And if you do, it's time to exit Mystery Babylon. And that's where we're at, brethren. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. Can I sit down safely or can I not? I can. All right, I'm going to have a sip from our sponsor. Let you ponder that introduction, Hosea chapter 3 and Hosea chapter 12. And I'll have a sip of our sponsor. And people actually ask me, go, are you really sponsored by what is... No, I'm not. And Yahweh said to me, Hosea chapter 3, go again. Love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as Yahuwah loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love the cakes of raisins. That's the hot cross buns that I grew up, of course, in England. My mother, even though we were a secular family, every Easter we would have, of course, the hot cross buns. Of course, this is where they come from. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lechech of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek Yahuwah their Elohim and David their king, and they shall come to fear Yahuwah and his goodness in the latter days. So this prophecy is about a man, a trafficker, seeking to pay a price for a bride. But the price seems way too high to the ways of man. And the ways of man 
judge him as an unjust trafficker whose scales and balances are dishonest. But the saints who have been off a whoring, they have actually been following other gods, but then they come to repentance, they accept that the scales are just, righteous, and balanced, and they identify the trafficker as a righteous, righteous lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, and they say, no, these scales are just and right, and I accept the invitation, and they come in, and they escape what ensues those who deemed unjust and righteous scales because their judgments were based upon the ways of the world. Hosea chapter 12, verse 7. A merchant in whose hands are false balances, he loves to oppress. Right now, with this COVID-19 that is out. This is just the final furlong to oppress, to instill fear because of the unjust trafficking of the counterfeit. But those of us that understand who the lamb is, we're to be distinctly different than the world because this is our wake-up call to come out of mystery Babylon. So there is a clear now separation of the wheat and the chaff that's happening in this world, a true awakening. And then there are some that are betwixt two opinions. They're not sure those are the ones that we reach out to in this time of trial and tribulation. And if there's one sheep, then we go after that one sheep and bring them into the fold. You see, what is offered here, brethren, is the first seal, the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you reject it, then you do get the second seal. The merchant here is offering the seven seals, and it's a high cost to both parties, isn't it? It's a high cost to both parties. Now, the natural interpretation, because people have asked me to give you a bit more of a natural interpretation, is that presently social iniquity is existing. It is now going around the world, and it's going to bring in a time of scarcity. We see that now it is not restricted to just the northern regions. Though the black horse rides to a specific region, this now has gone worldwide, has it not? This is worldwide, which now is a trickle-down effect. But this isn't trickle-down economics. Yes, it actually is, but it's trickle-down mystery Babylon economics because now you're going to look to see the consequences of an economic collapse due to the social breakdown in the economy, economy excuse me, that, of course, we know originated out of the Wuhan province. This is now spiraling around the world. It's affected shipping. It's affected trade. It's going to hit OPEC. And, of course, 
the subsequent stockpiling of oil, and we see this in the prophecies, don't we? It affects commodities and the oil. What you're going to see is the catching of oil. And this is going to be specifically the oil that flows through the Druzaba pipeline, or what our government is doing and has been doing for some time is restricting fracking in the shale formations in Texas and in North Dakota. And they've been doing that in the name of the New Green Deal. Okay? So what this does then is it thrusts a yoke of servitude on the people because money becomes worthless. Fiat currency becomes worthless. 1.5, was it 1.5 trillion was dumped into the market this week? At, but it wasn't even real money. So the crazy thing is people now are stockpiling toilet paper. But if you actually look at the difference between the notes that we have, which is fiat, money, it's all debt, and what people are actually paying now for a roll of toilet paper, a square of toilet paper is worth more than a dollar bill. So you'll be better off to, right? Think about it. Okay. So just get a stack of ones by your commode. So this is a mad world that we live in, but this is what's happening. Manufactured. This is all manufactured. It's all manufactured to take the last strains of your liberties. The last strains of your liberties. I am having a heck of a time today. Huh? It's slipping all over the place. Can you guys hear me? Be patient out there, everybody. Stuff happens sometimes. This is live. What do you expect? It's not the bloody BBC. Come on up here and help me. Oh, he doesn't want to get in the camera shot. I'm still here. I'm still here, everybody. Just chat it up online there. Just get in the chat, all right? Enjoy yourselves. Yes, get it nice and tight in there. What tickle it be? Got any handy wipes? No, I'm kidding. All right, I think I'm back. Am I ready? I'll give that a whirl. All right, here we are. Where are we? Cool, this one's a... I mean, we talk about live. It's right, live, isn't it? But all of this is manufactured. You've got a yoke of servitude that is being thrust on an unsuspecting, terrified, fearful people because they're not operating in faith. They're operating in fear. We're, we're to be called to a higher calling, a much higher calling than that. But the money does become worthless. This is manufactured famines and plagues all at the hands of the globalists to try and take the final, final realms of the Constitution and, of course, the amendments away from you. I'm thankful that um, people are awake, the ones that I speak to, and are starting to question Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, really, really? You see, this is an all-out stampede. 
an all-out stampede, if we're going to talk about this in the terms of horses and equestrian terms, that is really, really gaining momentum, isn't it? I mean, I, I've got to tell you, this week, when it, what was it, Thursday? Yeah, so it was Thursday morning, and the stock market was in a spiral, and I was just watching things, and then the 1.5 trillion went in, and they were trying to prop this thing up. I got up, and at 6.29 Pacific Standard Time here, which would have been 9.29 on the East Coast on Friday. I was, well, I was like, what is going on? What's going to go on with the markets? So it, it, I was fully surprised that yesterday, I thought Rome is on fire yesterday. And at 6.30, which would have been 9.30, the opening of the Dow, I fully anticipated absolute plummet. But it didn't happen. Why? Because they are continuing to pull out every single stop they can to hold this house of fiat currency up. And that's why there is desperation. And you're seeing them leaving. Bill Gates just stepped down from the board of Microsoft. Why? He's most probably going to go to some cave in New Zealand. Why do you think that Tom Hanks was down there in Australia? Oh, of course. Well, come on, guys. A lot of this is you're seeing that the leaders and those, a lot of these are CIA agents, okay? I mean, let's be real. They, the CIA puts a lot of these, these so-called actors. I mean, do you really think the Clooney's aren't, aren't backed up by the CIA? I mean, I'm sorry if that's too conspiracy for you, but really, what better place to plant CIA operatives than in Hollywood? <laughs> where they can really get the propaganda going, okay? So, I mean, I question all things. Don't believe anything I say. Question it, right? But, again, believe what the Word says and look at these prophecies in Revelation chapter 6 because this is a full-out stampede. The white horse was the invite. The red horse, last week I spoke about the socialism that has permeated this country in the past 40 years. Why? To try and take away any constitutional rights that remain and, of course, any of those amended clauses in the Constitution that are supposed to be there as safeguards for the people, for the people. You even have somebody like Joe Biden that can't even bring himself to quote the Constitution properly, giving glory, of course, where it's meant. No. The thing. Isn't that what he said? Something like that. Absolutely embarrassing. The thing. The thing. <laughs> Instead of speaking of the creator. So this just shows you just how far we have slipped down the race course here toward the final, final furlong. The black horse affecting the oil. We're seeing of course, the unjust balances that people are thinking and the manufactured famines. The green horse, look at the Green New Deal and Agenda 21. Of course, I think that's connected with the black horse. But then what is unleashed at the end, the ashen, the green or the dappled horse, which is caused by plagues, viruses and genocide. I mean, this is just the trickle-down economics of mystery Babylon. Everything affects everything else. 
Look at verse 7 of Revelation. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth creature say, Go and see. And I looked and saw a pale, the Greek word there is chloros, a green horse, and his name that sat on it was death, and Sheol followed with him. And power was given over them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the creatures of the earth. I mean, what is this? Right now, people are really restricted in their travel. You've got, of course, now many people with the disinformation that first went out thought that even if you were an American and you were in Europe, that you weren't going to be able to come back to the United States. Well, it, Mike Pence cleared up that miscommunication, but there was a lot of panic. Now, many of you that have traveled have gone through the Denver airport. This is a great time to speak about that because those of you that have seen um, some of the graphics and the murals at the Denver airport, it just boggles the mind. Who designed this kind of stuff? Well, think about it. Riding out here from beneath the Denver International Airport, what do you have there? You have the blue or the pale Mustang. I've seen it. Many of you that have flown through there have seen it. And it's got this glowing one red eye. What is that? That, of course, is death. The airport right there is a den of indecipherable secret codes and murals which actually depict a scene of mass genocide and death. It's very disturbing with children of all nationalities packed into coffins. Many people of you, many of you out there online have seen these books that were written in the 1980s that actually name Wuhan as a plague where the virus would be um, coming out of. These books were written in the 80s. Why? Because oftentimes we are signaled by the New World Order and globalists of what they are going to do. And what it does is it infiltrates into the brain and people store that and then they become somewhat programmed. You see this throughout all of the Hollywood elite. It's a pre-programming of what is about to come. And again, that you would even have the name of Wuhan and that you would have this described in these books that were written in the 1980s, several of them, is astounding to me, astounding to me. The Denver airport, the same thing. Think of all the travelers, all the traffic that goes through there that is seeing this imagery that we are now seeing being played out. And of course, underneath the Denver airport, massive tunnel system. Massive tunnel system. The, the, I mean, there's some phenomenal video of it online. Of course, this would serve as temporary living quarters for the world's elite following, of course, the apocalyptic catastrophe that is in all the murals throughout the terminal. But these things we are not to fear because the anointed interpretation of these horses is an invite to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And knowing that when it comes to the oil and wine, for us, the oil and wine represent the Malkitzedic sacraments. 
And the clause here is a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise to the Malkitzedic priesthood that we have the rights to the first seal. We have the rights to the oil and the wine because they are, of course, the sacraments of the Malkitzedic priesthood. And those that have the rights to the oil and the wine, will they be harmed? They will not be harmed. So we do not have to feel, um, fear. Excuse me. The natural interpretation of this is people are going to be focused on, oh, oil, OPEC, oil for your cars, commodities in the grocery store. And you see how that ends up. You don't want to be a part of that. It's all about coming into the priesthood, partaking of the sacraments of the oil and wine, and knowing that you will not be harmed because he is with you. This is what the psalmists told us would happen. People of faith have to think very, very differently. So, in verse 9, now we come to those under the altar. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the beings of those that were slain for the word of Yahuwah and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Yahuwah, holy and true, do you judge and avenge the blood of them that dwell on the earth? Now, this, of course, is the Malkitzedic altar from which those who serve in the temple, they have no right to eat. And there's too many people right now, especially that are coming into the Torah, that claim Yahusha, that follow into the Messianic movement, and they end up at the wrong altar. It's all about the Levitical priesthood. It's all about the state of Israel and Zionism, and they'll end up at the wrong altar because we have an altar outside the camp, outside the gate, and that altar is what sanctifies the people. It's the altar of the Lamb. We need to be at that altar, the altar that's outside the camp, where the faithful bear the reproach for their faith. And that's what the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us. Now, this isn't the synagogue of Satan's altar inside the gate where the, dece the deceived people will end up. They'll end up there. They'll end up at a Levitical altar going Zionism, Zionism, all the way in a false system of worship. There is no altar of burnt offering or altar of incense. Lo, in the Torah, the base of the altar is where the ritual blood of the sacrificial victims would be poured out. That's where the blood would be poured out. So the souls here of the martyred, they're seen as if they're under the altar, as though they'd been sacrificed as though they had been sacrificed under the altar, meaning they had been placed upon the Malkitzedic altar and their blood had been poured out at its base. This is a possible remez, a hint to a slaughter to a group 
of late coming saints. Meaning they missed the invitation of the first seal and they didn't come in when the invitation went out. Therefore, they came to an awakening after the invitation and they were ended up sacrificed for their faith and their blood was poured out at the base, if you will, of the Malkitzedic order or the Malkitzedic saints. This is a slaughter, I believe, of a group of late-coming saints who missed the first seal invitation. And this most probably would be something that you would see in the very near future. These martyred saints then are viewed as sacrifices that are offered unto Yahweh. So don't be a latecomer. The invitation now is to wake up and to come into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because otherwise, outside are the other apocalyptic horsemen of judgment and death. And you'll be stuck between the two. So many people are waking up, and it's amazing. But this Zionism and Levitical altar that's being presented by religion and the synagogue of Satan is the huge counterfeit of which Paul spoke to the Thessalonians to be aware of, that we know has been coming and in the works for many, many years. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. This is a word to the latecomers. This, of course, is where it was spoken before, that the faith that we have, sometimes we will be called to lay our lives down. We pray that that wouldn't happen. But we know that we are promised tribulation. But it's how we stand in that tribulation when the rest of the world is afraid. Will you be the people of faith? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Saints, endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Now's the time to do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. You see the language here of what we see in the seal here of the martyrs of the saints. Being poured out as a drink offering, which of course would be poured out at the base of the altar. This is a distinction between the altars. The Malkitzedic altar outside the camp and the Levitical altar counterfeit inside. One is Malkitzedic and the calling of the saints and they have an opportunity to come into the marriage supper of the Lamb and escape the destruction to come. But if they don't heed it and they come late, they will be what? Poured out as a drink offering at the base of the altar. That's who these martyrs are. For the world to see. This is what we see. Paul spoke about this to the Philippians 
He spoke about this to Timothy. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. And for the witness that they had borne, we're to be that witness in this day and time. This means the witness which they had been borne by Yahusha, which the martyrs had accepted and for which they were put to death. So the prayer of these martyrs here in Revelation, this is not a prayer of vengeance. This is a prayer of vindication. We see through the scriptures the reoccurring note of vindication, not one of vengeance. The world wants vengeance. We're to offer vindication and to pray for vindication, to be vindicated from our enemies. Yahweh said to Cain because of his murder of Abel, the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. This isn't a cry of vengeance. This, of course, the cry of Abel's blood was a cry of vindication, as is the cry of these martyrs. Their cry is just like Abel's. It is a cry of vindication because the righteous, they always seem to suffer at the hands of the wicked. That's what the prophets wrote about. I, I read them often because of the false witnesses that surround me oftentimes. And our only vindication is to cry out unto Yahweh. Look at Luke chapter 18 and the seventh verse. And shall not Yahweh avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him? So if you're even feeling fear right now, Yahweh's going to be with you, but you're supposed to cry out to him right now, day and night, day and night, that he would bear long with you. I tell you that he will avenge us speedily in this day. Speedily, Luke chapter 18, verse 7. The war that we're seeing right now with this whole COVID-19 is a war to break down the borders, to bring in mass globalism and to restrict the movement of society because that is exactly what happened when we went down into Egypt. And then what will happen? The believers will say, I don't want that vaccination, the one with the third strand of DNA in it, which is programmable matter. Yahweh called us to come as a man and to die as a man. Not to come as a man and turn into a transhumanist because they've put a third strand of programmable DNA into you through a vaccination that you were begging for because of all the programmable fear that's out there. And then you that don't take the programmable DNA matter vaccination, you'll be like, well, get those people away from us. They're dangerous. Put them in Goshen. Get them over there. Get them away from us. Don't you see? And then when you finally come out of Egypt... Who is it they're going to be attacking? Look at Italy right now. They're not even providing health care for the elderly. They're letting them die. 
just like Amalek. Amalek attacked us from the rear where the women and the children and the sick and the elderly were. Yet we're told as believers to stand up in the presence of the gray hair. We're to take care of the elderly. We're to honor them. We're to take care of our women and children. We're not to throw them to the governments of this world. This is a time where we're to be distinctly different. But the shadow pattern is already established in the Torah. And now you're seeing it played out on the worldwide stage before us. We need to be a people that's awake. This is an end to your to national sovereignty, but they are trying to take an end to your personal sovereignty. We're seeing it right now, worldwide. Throughout Europe. Throughout Asia. Ours is the world of the fourth beast. Not the ancient world in the shadow of Rome, but us, our world right now, is in this fight. Nationalism. Sovereignty. Versus globalism. And poverty. The fourth beast belongs to the end of the time. The beast of Revelation 13 is prophesied by Daniel. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 7, verse 8. And I saw this in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces. Right now you're seeing that countries are being broken into pieces as this globalism is ensuing, trying to break down the very structure of nationalism, sovereignty, and eventually individual sovereignty with safe spaces. And now social distancing, right? We're embracing humanity coming together is being broken apart by the governments of this world and people accepting it for fear and because of their own personal safety, they think. Stamps the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all of the beasts that were before it. So this beast that we're seeing it's going to be distinctly different than all of the beasts or the kingdoms that have ever come before it. Because this one is going to be distinct in that it what? It devours and breaks into pieces. And it had ten horns. And I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them a little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold... In his horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great, great things. So these ten horns, these are the same as that what you see in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12. And they represent the ten kings that you'll see in the end of time. This is really a war to end national sovereignty. 
And this is what you're seeing with the setup that's going out with this COVID-19. This is a war to end national sovereignty. It is full on globalism. The final thrust, the final thrust, where S.A. Tan will use this to deceive man into thinking that this is Yahweh's wrath. But it's not. That's the deception. Say to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. You see, the world will think that this is some kind of Armageddon and that Christ will come, the Messiah, the Christ will come at the end of this war to set up his kingdom and to set up peace. And You know what? The apostate church, they'll accept him. They'll accept him. The altar of abominations as they try to recover from their failed rapture theology that didn't materialize. And they'll fall into the hands of the messianic movement that will have all the Torah answers with a Zionistic Levitical twist and they'll lead them all up to the altar inside the gate where the anti-Messiah will begin the ritual bloodletting. And they believe that this is the truth. And that's the propagation that's coming out of the Messianic movement, and it's dangerous. And it's going to be many of these backslidden Christians that wake up too late that will fall into their hands. The Malkitetic message is so important because it's the narrow road that leads to the Malkitetic high priest. And that's where you want to be in this time, in this day. But as that message now goes out, that invitation of the first seal, now's the time to walk in and embrace the marriage supper of the Lamb and this anointing that Yahweh is bringing to his people. It says in Matthew chapter 24, because we know that the Christ who will come will actually be S.A. Tan, as if it were possible, which I think it will be, shall deceive the very elect. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. Look at verse 11 of Revelation chapter 6. Talking again about those that were slain. And white robes were given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest yet for a little while until their fellow servants and their Israelite brothers should also be killed as they were, was completed. And verse 12, I looked, and when he had opened the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of the heavens fell to the earth, even as a fig tree casts its unripe figs. They were shaken by an exceedingly strong, manufactured, strong wind. I added that bit. Because we finally here arrive at the point where everyone must leave Babylon. Or he and his family will not be spared. This is echoing the very decree of coming out of Sodom, right, Lot? Don't look back. It echoes that very decree. The Bible teaches us 
through the prophets Ezekiel and through the prophet Zechariah, specifically in Zechariah chapter 6, that the judgment of the last days will begin with these four horsemen of the apocalypse. The fourth, riding the ashen, dappled, and gray horse to the southern regions, bringing the sword, starvation, and death. You see that in China now. The statistics and the numbers that they're taking and sending to us, they are totally, totally fabricated. There is way more famine, death, and disease that has been hidden, which will be revealed in later times. Even here in America, they haven't got the testing kits out. They're not telling you the real numbers. And even when they do, how do we know? There is so much information out there, it's over-information. Not all disinformation, but the Word is where we're to find the true information. And we're to weigh it, measure it, and balance it, and apply it by the Holy Spirit. But who will be the executioners of Mystery Babylon? When Nebuchadnezzar sent down into Jerusalem, did he have an executioner? Or did Nebuchadnezzar do the executing himself? No. He sent Nebuzaradan, of course, his executioner from Babylon, just as we will see an executioner go out into mystery Babylon. Babylon. And who is that executioner? It, of course, is Islam bringing the sword and starvation to the undeveloped world. These are southern regions supported by the Red Horse with its open border policies of migration and destabilization. You're even seeing it in the northern regions. Like I say, you want to be careful if you go to Greece nowadays, specifically the islands. That's where many of the Mohammedan migrants are housed, and it's mayhem on the local communities. Revelation chapter 6 is an eye-opening chapter. And just to recap on these five, six seals, and then finally the seventh seal, which opens up what we're going to get into next, which is, of course, the trumpets. The white horse we see is Yahusha, the blessed lamb that rides out with the wedding invite, the invitation to the Malkizedic sacramental rites that mark his priesthood. It's a mark upon his priesthood from the ensuing judgments of the advancing seals. Because the seals, two, three, four, five, and six are coming out. The red horse, really, when you look at it in a contemporary way, it's the meltdown of Western, now worldwide, global infrastructure. Yes, the catalyst was manufactured, I believe, out of Wuhan, but the consequences are now being felt worldwide. I don't think we can doubt that. It is now socialism has become the new norm, has it not? It's become the new norm, and the consequences of having put this worldwide economy into the hands of the communist Chinese now is bearing forth its fruit, is it not? 
it's left the whole world extremely vulnerable and systematically now you're going to see individual sovereign rights are tested as countries' rights begin to implode because of this crisis. Now, of course, the black horse, you see the uneven scales. This is the breakup and breakdown of countries. We see it in the European Union. I think it was very interesting that Trump initially allowed those from the UK, those that have just implemented finally after three years Brexit, to come over to the Americas. But again, their numbers went up overnight, so then he reneged on that. But it was very interesting that the UK was allowed. I think that is all part of the fact that they pulled out of Brexit and not part of that globalist system of the European Union. But that's just my opinion. Look at the fourth, the ashen, dapple, chloros, or green horse. Of course, now, the consequences of this, you're going to see an Asia-Pacific locust army, and you see plague and spraying and droning going on throughout China right now. And, of course, the numbers on starvation and disease and pandemic haven't even been disclosed to us. The fifth seal, the cry of the martyrs, like I said, I believe this is going to be a slaughter of a group of late-coming saints who missed the first seal invitation. But the righteous always seem to suffer at the hands of the wicked. But their only vindication, just like Abel, is not to cry out for vengeance, but to cry out for vindication. That's what this cry is of the martyrs. It's a cry of vindication. And finally, we'll get into something a little weird, just because I find it very interesting. Some of you, I hope, will. And of course, that's going to be the cosmic disturbances that we see now in the six seals, from chemtrails to harp. And I want to spend a little bit of time on that. A lot of people ask me about harp. They ask me about Project Blue Beam. Uh, and the fake rapture, and of course, MK Ultra and the CIA and mind control experiments, which I believe many of these actors in Hollywood are a part of that. I mentioned the Clooney's. Of course, we've got Hanks out there. Um, of course, they're going to go through this whole COVID-19 sickness, and then I'm sure we'll get an update on that, and that will all be part of the programming that's going to go out to the masses if they, as they read Sheeple, People magazine, right? Again, I mean, I think it's just an amazing time of life for us to be a part of the saints and the community of the faith. And that's why there's no better time to come to the feasts of Yahweh. No better time to gather and to be that strong people standing in faith. So the sixth seal, we have the cosmic disturbances. I think they're going to be using the fiber pathogens that you find in the chemtrails um, to bring in that neurological wiring found in AI implants. They're also going to use that in the vaccination solution for the COVID-19 problem that they've created. Let's talk a little bit about the HARP system, and then I'll take some questions for you guys in the chat today. HARP, people ask me about HARP a lot. Of course, this is a, a system of massive, massive array of um, aerial antennas. Now, some people say, 
in Wuhan, China, um, they did let out that this is one of the first areas where the 5G has actually gone. Some of these symptoms that people have been experiencing through COVID-19 are the very symptoms that you would suffer from massive amounts of 5G exposure. So I find that very, very interesting. It could be all part of this 5G. I'm not sure, but I'm definitely extremely skeptical of any of the information that comes out from these .gov websites, you know? So I'm just, I'm just telling you just to have your, your antennae up and to be alert, we're to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. Now, these radio antennas send millions of watts of powerful focused energy into the ionosphere. Now, they've cloaked it as 5G, but these things are all based upon the experiments of Nicholas Tesla, which proved that energy transmitted out into the ionosphere can create amazing effects that completely defy physics as we know it. And this is where we get into the great deception, which Paul spoke about to the Thessalonians. You see, it can be focused, this harp system. It can be focused, this direct energy. It can be like a laser beam, a direct energy laser beam that can be blasted down onto Earth it can be blast onto forestry. It can be blast onto any particular object, buildings, with high precision. Hence the name Star Wars. It can reshape clouds. I've been getting some pictures from people from all over the world. Some really strange stuff happening out there. I, even my wife is nodding, and she's a, she's a very big skeptic because she lives with me, and she's like, Matthew, I don't know. And she's nodding on this one. So, that, I mean, that, that sh you showed me the pictures. So if my, if my wife is going for it, it's definitely got to be solid because she's like the biggest doubter. She's like, oh, yeah, you're too apocalyptic. Oh, you need to tone it down. You know, she's, you know, she's my better half, of course. But even she said, seeing the pictures that people are sending, this harp, they can reshape clouds. Major disturbances, major changes in weather patterns. And because of this power, which I believe is connected to the sixth seal, it's able to cause and steer hurricanes. Hurricane Katrina, those of you that you know, looked into that a little bit, it, it, it exhibited just extremely weird pattern movements. Just didn't, didn't, make, didn't make sense. The trajectory and how it would stay put and then it would move and hover. I mean, it just, it was weird. How long did it stay over Louisiana? Just, just, woof. If you actually looked at some of the tracking on the satellites, it was amazing. Harp, I believe, was at full power during the Haitian earthquakes. I mean, if you look into that, and then you look into the companies that went in there and cleaned up financially, 
just like we saw with the Gulf War. This harp, it can cause earthquakes by focusing a special low-frequency energy into the ionosphere. I mean, I had, a, I had a sheriff come and serve me at my work a couple of weeks ago, and I had everything on camera. And right at the particular moment when he came in, my camera's nothing. Nothing. It's a disruptor. It's an energy frequency disruptor. The police have it. SWAT has it. Apparently, the sheriffs have it. These are just very, very interesting times to live in, are they not? These low-frequency beams, they are using in all regions. It results in reflected energy patterns down to the earth. These energy waves are pre-calculated. They are resonant frequency, and they are what causes a glass to break when the right sound pitch and level is achieved. I knew somebody once that they could blow a shofar. At, remember when we were in Israel? And this girl, she could blow a shofar at such a pitch that it would, if she stood next to a car, it would blow all the windows out. And that's what happened when they circled Jericho. And then they hit that frequency and the walls came down. The sound of the shofar, the watchman on the wall. Yahweh uses it for righteousness to destroy the wicked, but the wicked got into the hands of the wicked. It can do devastating effects on the whole of Yahuwah's children and the whole of humanity. We are now in this time where you're seeing this frequency, fine-tuned, resonant, low frequencies that can cause the earth even to break up. Nikola Tesla he was messing around with this stuff, with the resonance frequencies, and he caused, even back then, a miniature earthquake to happen in his New York City apartment building. He really did. And we're seeing this right now. We saw it in California with the wildfires, in Australia with the wild... I mean, with the wildfires, and then you have these actors go down there and then all of a sudden they've got COVID-19 and then they're going to be the face of this. I mean, it, to me, it's obvious. But then when I start speaking to it, people are either like, what? Or they're like, totally get it. So be that as it may, come out of her, my people. Wake up, my sheeple. This is the time for us because Babylon the great, the mother of whores and of the earth's abomination. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. And you know what? Friday morning, I thought Rome was going to be on fire. And I am looking forward to the veil being lifted on this whole counterfeit system. And for me, I am full of faith, full of vigor. And I, I, it, when Rome burns, the saints rejoice. We have no fear. Don't you want to awaken and see the guilty come to their just reward? 
Don't you want to see the counterfeit totally exposed from the top down? Well, that's what happens when Rome burns. That's what happens when mystery Babylon is in its final stages and begins to drink the dregs of the very cup. Because these are the nations that became drunk on the passions of trafficking, sexual immorality, slavery, and bondage, both national, global, human, and moral, and economic. But Yahweh remembers Babylon the Great to make her drain the cup of the wine of his fury and wrath. What an amazing time to be alive. Verse 14, and we'll finish up here. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and Bill Gates and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the dens of the rocks of the mountains said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. You see, the leaders say this, not Elohim. It's not his day of wrath. It's manufactured with harp and with new world technologies of the elite, these direct energy weapons like we saw used and tested back on a couple of buildings many years ago when our rights were taken. But now, with this COVID-19, it's the final phase to take away your medical rights, your personal sovereignty. And if they can push it through based upon the fear of the nations, where then everyone begs for the third strand of DNA vaccination, then you're no longer a man and you become programmable matter, a transhuman mark of the beast slave. What a crazy world to live in. But Yahweh's waking up his people. They'll put a gold thread I mean, I was just telling my son this. You can take it down at the mall here in Salem. You can take any iPhone, right? It could be, you know, five years old. You go up to this machine. It can be broken. Like We've got like a ton of broken ones, right? And you can just get the serial number, tap it in, and then the screen will tell you, the computer tell you how much money it will give you. See, then you deposit it in there. It swallows it up. And then you get paid. Why? Because there's so much liquid gold programmable matter in those machines that they will then repurpose it because there's only a finite amount of it, that substance. The surfaces have to be able to receive the information and be programmable. That's what gold matter will do when it is inserted into a vaccination and put into the human body. We'll make a third strand of DNA, which then they can actually program. And then what happens with computers? You have to update them. They get viruses. 
And then those that took it will cry out for death, yet death will escape them. Do you not see how this could happen? The writing is written on the wall. It's really, really sobering to those of us that will see. But remember that Yahuwah is with us. They are going to manufacture this day and they will then bring forth their world te technologies. We see it with direct energy weapons like we saw tested in times past. California fires, Australian fires, weather manipulation, storm formation, just like we witnessed in the developmental stages of Katrina and even recently down in the Bahamas. But we see in verse 17, for the great day of his wrath is still yet to come, and who shall be able to stand? None other but the saints. We are the ones that are able to stand. So in this time is a time of hope and courage when our faith should be in practice. We should be distinctly different. So don't be afraid. The reason I'm teaching this isn't to instill fear. The reason is to awaken, awaken to the realities of our present situation so that we are wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But we shouldn't be afraid. We should be alert. We should be wise to the days around us. Yahweh's spirit is in us. Greater is he who is in us than who is in the world. We will get on to chapter 7, Yahuwah willing, next week. Let's see if we've got some questions here. And, uh, all right. Ha-ha, <laughs> okie-dokie. Oh, quite a lot, I see. All right, Shabbat Shalom, you guys out there in the chat. Remember... Subscribe to the channel. Give us some thumbs up right now in the chat. And Passover, Torah to the Tribes forward slash, TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. You can still register for the Passover. And you can be that bold light on an aeroplane when everybody's wrapping themselves in cling film. Question, this is from Renee. What does Matthew believe the mark of the beast is and isn't that's an excellent question you know and and my 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 thoughts of this have developed over time um there is a guy out there i think his name is walid Schobert, and he did a great um teaching and deciphered the 666 um being um an islamic sign which was the bismala and the natural carnal interpretation of this would be that we would always stand for Yahuwah and we would never recant of our faith. And a person that recanted and denied Yahuwah and took the, the, the name of Islam and did the Bismillah, I think that that person would have lost their faith because they would have denied the Master. So there's one natural aspect of it, to always hold fast to Yahuwah. And the Bismala is, of course, the mark of the beast in a very natural um, understanding where those that 
stand for Yahuwah would, would, lose their, would lose their heads at the hands of the Mohammedan. That's a natural interpretation. I think another interpretation of looking at this would be that we are the temple of the living Elohim. We come as a man, we die as a man. And if you become a transhumanist, then you've defiled the temple and taken the mark of the beast. Again, so I'd be very wary of these, these things that they want you to do and defile your temple. We are protected by our faith, meaning we have to exercise it. We have to exercise it and deny them access to the temple. So there's another interpretation. What could the mark of the beast be? And I know that there are many other people with different ideas too, but there's a couple right off off the top there for you. All right, this question from Much More Truth, Shalom Brandon. This says, um, do you think the martyrs are the Christians being sacrificed at the sword of Islam now? That is one very good interpretation. Yes, certainly and for sure. But I also think it has a deeper understanding of interpretation that it will be those latecomers during the Great Tribulation that missed the flight into the wilderness or the marriage supper of the Lamb invite and are left out in the nations in mystery Babylon as she burns and claim the faith and will be martyred and will be crying out for vindication. Okay, let's see another question here. Question from Brandon again, much more truth. Where do we go when we flee Babylon? Excellent question. Obviously, can't tell you on the YouTube. So um, that would be something we could um, have a conversation with at the Feast and the Festivals of Yahuwah. Um, let's see what else we got here. All right, this question from John Shukel. Question, do you think C-virus is not the wrath of Yahuwah, but is a judgment allowed, to, uh, allowed by him to bring about repentance to a disobedient people? That's an interpretation. It's an interesting interpretation. Um, what I see is I think that this C-virus is not from Yahuwah personally, I do think it's from man. I think it is manufactured. And I believe it is something to bring about fear and to bring about man's subjection to government control. It's like George Orwell's book, 1984. It really is. It really is. Um, now, do I believe that some people that buy into the fear that are of no faith will then have an opportunity because of people like you and I that stand strong and have an answer that Yahushua is alive and in us and we are the living temple that can go and reach out to those people and they will be primed and ready to accept him because they are being awakened through this terror and trial? I think so. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to look for that one more sheep that's gone from the fold. Or maybe that sheep that hasn't even come into the fold yet. This is a time of great compassion for me. 
and empathy for mankind because I really do see a lot of people out there that don't have the hope that I have. And they really are terrified. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to talk about this stuff. I love to give information where I find information and study. And many of you do too. Well, I'm not operating out of a spirit of fear. It's one of kind of excitement because I imagine that if I was in Rome at the time when it burned, I would have found that quite thrilling. That's what I imagine. And I do think that as mystery Babylon is judged, the saints will rejoice because we know that our salvation draws nigh and the coming of the king is ever closer. That is exciting. And that's what I want to communicate today. So, oh my goodness, I don't think I can get... I'll, I'll have a go at getting through all of these. Here's a question from Rye. What do you understand about the Noahide laws? Well, the Noahide laws, the way that... Um, I'm not sure if you specifically mean where do the, the um, synagogue of Satan find the Noahide laws? Where do they get that from? Well, that's, it's from Bereshit, Genesis chapter 9, the, the, the description there that was got, given to Noah. But from there, the Talmudists um, made this whole list of what the Goyim would have to do to come into the faith. Okay, and that's in the Talmud. So they took it from Genesis, I believe it's, I think it is Genesis chapter 9. Let me just double check. Bereshit chapter 9. And so Judaism then took, yeah, took these seven laws and they made it into the Noahide laws and put it in their Babylonian Talmud. And this was something that would then be that when the Goyim, the Gentiles, if they were to come into faith, then they would have to follow these Noahide laws. Now the problem is today that the Seventh-day Adventists got a hold of this. And they're freaking out about it. Because remember, Ellen G. White, and I've done, you can go on YouTube and see my thoughts about Ellen G. White. Ellen G. White had this whole thing about the Sunday laws, the Sunday laws, the Sunday laws. Okay, so now you've got the Seventh-day Adventists, those that love Ellen G. White, getting hold of a bit of stuff from the Babylonian Talmud, combining it up into this apocalyptic soup of fear, and then propagating it onto the Internet. I'm not drinking that stuff with a 10-foot barge pole. I do not buy it whatsoever. That what I do believe, though, is that there is a distinction, Hebrews tells us, I quoted the scripture today, between the altar inside the gates and the altar outside of the gates. The Levitical altar, the synagogue of Satan, and modern Zionism, as opposed to the Malkitzedic altar, the Malkitzedic priesthood, and Yahusha, the high priest, outside of the gates and biblical Zionism. If we can keep those two distinct and make sure that we go outside of the gates, then I don't think we have anything to be concerned about with this proverbial soup of the Talmudists and the Seventh-day Adventists with this 
Noahide law Sunday fear business going on. So there's my long-winded answer about that, which I'm sure is going to upset a bunch of you. Ex-Seventh-day Adventists, not really ex, are you? See, there's this spirit, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it, okay? There seems to be a spirit with some people that have not shed the Seventh-day Adventist baggage. And it's one of, we're right, everybody else is wrong. And it's just very adversarial, and it's a spirit. And it's, I've seen it so many times with people that haven't really shed um, the Ellen G. White spirit. Okay? And it is a spirit that's very much alive, and it is a cult. So just do a self-check. It's time to come out of all of that religion and to go solely with Yahuwah and his word. Let's see here. Oh, that's a great question. This question is from Escher Stan. Can the martyrs of Revelation 6-9, Shabbat Shalom Escher, be a twofold prophecy that include past and present saints? Examples would include Paul and the disciples, etc. I'm a big um, fan of multi-level prophecy because I do believe that that is something that is true just like we see the multi-level understanding of Scripture in the, in the, using the acronym PARDES, the Pashat, the Ramez, the Drash, and the Sod. Also, if you read the book of Daniel, you can see the multi-level prophecy application. You have the first natural level of prophecy being Antiochus Epiphanes, the second level of prophecy being, of course, Titus, and then the third prophetic level is the Great Tribulation. So yes, I do believe that, and that's an excellent question. And yes, it could apply to a twofold prophecy strand therein. Shabbat Shalom, Brian Price. What about CERN? What about CERN? Sorry, yeah, CERN. I should have spoken a bit more about CERN. I went off on harp, didn't I? Um, is that going to be the pit that opens up and the scorpion and locusts come out of? It very well could be, but it's what's very interesting. Um, I don't know if any of you had look at, heard about the giant of Kandahar, and um, oftentimes it talks about, um, not talks about, there's um, interviews or transcripts of former people that had been in the Marines that were down at the dam um, at the river Euphrates. Um, very deep, deep, deep dam. And I believe they held prisoners um, down there. And um, the, the testimonies of the, the screams and the scrawls of spirits and what they believe were demonic hordes that were down there, um, that could very literally be where many of these Nephilim, these fallen ones, where this final locust army is going to come out with, come out from in a spiritual application. Now, the natural application of the locust army is a, is, a, is a horde 
And um, back in the times of the, um, the, the Caesarean armies, the Islamic hordes, they were described as a swarm of locusts. That's how the Crusaders described them with their long flowing hair, their golden turbans and their horses with the armor on. And that's how they were described in history as a swarm of locust armies. So there's, an, there's a Mohammedan application for it as well. So I like to be um, a balance with that multi-level interpretation as well because we see through a glass dimly. And I think if we get into that Seventh-day Adventist spirit of we know it all, this is the way, and that's wrong, then you limit your understanding of the possibilities because the word of Yahweh is alive, it's active, it's fluid, and things change. Things change. It's live on the ground. You have to be able to respond. You can't be bogged down and locked into too much old doctrine. You have to be able to respond to the fluidity of Yahweh's Holy Spirit working in your life and real-life application of what's happening boots on the ground. And um, I'm blessed that we are that way. Here's a couple of questions. Oh, I love this username here. Shabbat Shalom talks from the rabbit hole. That's a great username, isn't it? Question for Matthew. Are you aware of the combination... Oh, brilliant question. See, that's why he's got the username. Talks from the rabbit hole. That's a great username. And here we go. That's why he has it. Because he's got a question like this. Could be a her. We don't know. Are you aware of the combination of nanotechnology in combination with 5G and HARP? If so, are you aware of the abilities to combat this with boron borax? I am aware of the first part, but I just recently stocked up on borax. Now, I don't know about this. Let's put it in the chat. Put a link in there. We'll go in afterwards and find out about the Boran Borax link. And then I will put to use the Borax I bought recently that is stored in my barn, which is right next to my nano masks. So Yahweh works in mysterious ways. Excellent question. Question from MB. Very good question here. Shabbat Shalom MB. Could the vaccine be the mark? Yes. Again, that third strand of DNA, boom, programmable matter, transhumanism. I did a, did a little fun thing from my armchair a few months ago because I watched a Keanu, Keanu Reeves movie, um, and I do recommend it. It's, it's bananas, but I did a little teaching called Keanu Reeves and Transhumanist Agenda or something like that. Again, yes, I think definitely that could be a part of the mark, the vaccine. All right, question from Robin Elizabeth. Question for Matthew. Do you really think it will be animal horn shofars? Or will it be the silver trumpets originally told them to fashion? I believe neither. I believe it will be the cries of the righteous, the songs of the righteous. And if you can have the Romans doing it currently out of 
in the natural world and the world wakes up, can you imagine when the saints sing the praises of Yahweh at the frequency that the Holy Spirit will put in us? That will be an amazing day to be there singing that song of praise. The Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Yahushua is sovereign master. Don't you want to be there? Don't you want front row seats for that? I certainly, certainly do. And brethren, we are living in these times. Woohoo! All right, and I'll have a sip from the sponsor and calm the heck down. Sorry, but I mean, my children, pretty wild, huh? I've raised my little children in this whole whole Shabbat keeping, feast keeping, the name of Yahweh. They, they, I mean, I remember when these little guys, we were coming here on Shabbat to do the broadcast back in the days and the first time they saw a tree on top of somebody's car and how I got to tell them the madness of the whole thing and just they're undefiled by the ways of the world. So um, what a blessing. I love you guys. You really are amazing. I've got my son here working on the broadcast here with Larry doing all of the camera switching and it's pretty amazing to see. I've got Levi, of course, we know about him and the snacks and whatnot and I won't uncover my girls publicly because they'll really hammer me when we get home. All right, let's see. Ah, da, 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 this, oh, I've already answered that question. We should just do one of these, like open up the, um, I come down here and we do a broadcast where I just take, we just open up the chat. That would be super fun. We could do that. We should arrange that. If you guys would like that, just not actually to do a teaching, we'd still do the teaching on Shabbat, but maybe we'd do a special, a special broadcast where I'd come down here and we'd just open up the chat. And I could even have my, my Mac up here, couldn't I, and follow the chat on a bigger screen. And we could do that. If that's something that you would like, um, put a comment in the chat that you would like that. If not, put a comment in the chat that no, you would not like that. Let us know. And um, that's possible, isn't it? That would be fun because we do go... Now I'm going long, aren't I? Okay. But we're hopefully any of the hate watchers they've dropped off at this point. So. All right. Oh, this is a great question. This one, Shabbat Shalom, Chris Ariola. You'll have to excuse me if I absolutely fluff your username or real name. Okay, how can we... This is all caps, so it's very important. Okay, how can we explain all this wicked conspiracy to loving, gullible people? Well, the problem, that's a great question. I do often try and explain this, and what happens is you get this kind of glassy look in the eyes and then their eyes start... Ro and at that point, you just... You, you just got to shake the, the dust off your sandals. But then, you'll share it with somebody else and all of a sudden, it's like the thing they have been waiting to hear their whole life. And they're like... And, and it, it's... It, it, so, you'll, you'll know. <laughs> and usually, it happens within 10 seconds. I find, okay? So, but I do not give up trying. 
But now I used to be, I used to be, I used to have a lot of emotion attached to it and take it personally. But now I'm finding in my life, everything is for my, my own comedic satisfaction. So I just generally think it's all a big laugh when it comes to seeing the heathen squirm and squiggle at righteousness. And I no longer take it personally. It's, it's, it, I just... Because I see the heathen and what they believe as such folly and foolishness that I'm like, well, why, why should I be worried about my faith, which isn't folly? If, it, if it's folly to them, well, theirs is folly to mine, even a bigger folly. So what have you got to fear? But fear itself. That's from a movie, isn't it? See, I've been programmed. What's that? Oh, is it? Okay. This question is from Anna Livingstone. Shabbat Shalom, Anna. Matthew, are you advocating that the first seal has already been opened in lieu of all global events happening right now? I do, I do believe that right now we have the, um, the invitation of that first seal. And it's a spiritual revelation that's being disseminated to the nations. And we, the people of Yahuwah, are able to receive that. Now, I did get a... Um, let me see if I can find this email that I received this week regarding that. This was really inspiring to me. I didn't. get so much stuff coming in here. So. Oh yeah, here it is. Great, great, great. So, this this is this is really this was really encouraging. I won't mention the sister's name because she hasn't given me permission. But anyway, this is from a certain sister who's very very switched on of uh, a really great sister. I've met her personally. Um, she's very studious and really does a great great job on studying and breaking down the word and I know many of you out there um, do um, follow follow her um, but she wrote to me this week and she said that the title was verdict I think you're right on Revelation 6 verse 2 now initially she had great doubts but she wasn't antagonistic about it but was like okay I think for us, if, if we, we, we should be challenged by the scripture, and it's not to be defensive and just like brush it off, but we should go to the word, spend some time, and weigh it out. And she said, Shalom, Matthew. I have been diligently studying Revelation, and this morning at 3.30 a.m., Yahuwah had me awake and typing. Attached is where he has guided me to date. Not to say things do not become more clear as we go along. See what I said about the fluidity and the, the moving of the Spirit? Revelation 6-2 was a powerful punch. Well, it was for me too. I have to say, I was sick to my stomach. Really. And I had to overcome fear and doubt. Because I'm like, Father, you really, if I teach this, this could, this, I'm, I'm going to get hammered. But then, what am I going to teach? Something that I don't believe? Something that has not been witnessed to me? Just because that's what I was comfortable and believed along with most of you beforehand? She goes on to say this. 
Revelation 6.2 was a powerful punch, but I included in my notes is another powerful punch. I have only heard one preacher agree with what I was shown, and even he only connected the 24 elders, but not the, li not the four living creatures. So this sister then goes on to even more deeper insight, and that's what happens. Iron sharpens iron. I'm just one, one person that is doing my best to bring forth the anointing word. But then what that can do with somebody else then who then goes away and studies to find them, show themselves approved, they can then get another connection and bring forth more. And it builds and it builds, but it, it's all in, interconnected through the power of his word. So there's a big attachment with a great teaching in it, which obviously I don't have time to do, but maybe I'll get permission and I could actually teach um, her teaching to you. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? See, there's so many opportunities, so many opportunities. Let's see. At this point, you should have your popcorn out and some snacks because this is purely going through chat questions. What we got here? All right, this, this question, Shabbat Shalom, Karen Marzen. Question, kind of funny. You mentioned your wife being a skeptic, LOL, and how you're more apocalyptic. I am like this. What is your advice for wives during this time of craziness being kind of skeptic? Now, is she the apocalyptic or is she the skeptic? I'm thinking she's saying she's the skeptic. The skeptic. Well, is to be balanced. Is to be balanced. Um, it, it, find somebody that is apocalyptic, and um, and then the two of you will balance yourselves out. Maybe your 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 husband, right, is apocalyptic. Maybe or if you've got two skeptics, then that's not good. And if you've got two apocalyptics, and it's super fun, but it can get a bit wild. Okay, that's what happens when me and a couple of the brothers get together. In fact, there's a couple of sisters, right? Yeah, we know, you know who you are, and we get, and then it gets a little, yeah, you as well. See, so it, it is balance, isn't it? Isn't it, honey? Yes. And I'm so balanced. Who's laughing? Come on now. All right, guys. Hit me with one final question. Shoot me a question and I'll try and answer it. And then we will go and be blessed. And let me know if you'd like me to do just a question and answer on the chat section. And let me know if um, you'd like me to teach sister's teaching that she texted me, emailed me. And I'll have to obviously get permission to do that. But um, it's good, very good. And again, really, really love it when people actually do take the time to look into these things rather than just blow it off, you know? And that is really what I see in the conviction and the wonderful, wonderful anointing in the Malkitzedic priesthood because we've questioned so much and weighed so much that now it becomes part of our life and that's truly exciting. You see, what happens is I have um, a sister on the chat that screenshots me the chat.
because it doesn't actually come up on my phone on YouTube till quite a few minutes later. So anyway, she, she hasn't shot me in a, oh, here she goes. All right, this is how we do it right now, old-fashioned old style. Okay, we've got one here. Oh, no, I didn't get another one, did I? I didn't. That's the end. That's the end, guys. That's it. Um, all right, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Stay, stay strong, stay faithful, and remember, this is your opportunity to shine. This is my opportunity to shine. Yes, have those conversations and look for the ones that are really afraid and speak faith and speak life into them because that's when they're primed, ready to receive. The pride of man will not accept the seed of the gospel, but the man that is broken and contrite, and often that happens through fear of the natural world, is primed to look inward and see that they're bankrupt and that they need spiritual invigoration that only comes by the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Shabbat Shalom. Blessings to you all. And remember, give us some thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And thank you, all of you that do donate and support this ministry. It means a world to us all, especially as we prepare for the Passover and the gathering in of the saints days. Stay safe, stay strong, and remember our conviction and our creed is what makes us distinctly different to a dying and perishing world.